Hello, and welcome to Tomato Tomato, a podcast about accents and dialects. I'm your host, Talia Sherman. I'm a high school senior. I am jazzed to be here. I hope you are too. This semester, my final semester of high school, I am doing an independent study on accents and dialects and their significance in history, power structures, pedagogy, politics, culture, etc., 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 etc. And you might be thinking, why should I care? What do accents have to do with elections, or my favorite class in school, or my job interview? Tomorrow! What am I going to say? What am I going to wear? Well, fear not. It turns out that accents, more specifically the way we talk, what we say, and how we say it, and where we say it, has everything to do with everything. I know. I'm really specific on this podcast. You're going to love me. But do you ever hear a British accent and see it as attractive somehow? Do you ever hear a British accent and think, that person is so smart? Or hear a Southern accent and think, that person must be so nice? Well, there is a reason for those stereotypes. If you've ever wondered why accents even exist, or why they change, or what they communicate about you as a person, this podcast is for you. Really, this podcast is for anyone with an accent or dialect. And I know, I know, you might be sitting there thinking or sort of mulling over the fact that uh, you don't really know the difference between an accent and a dialect. But again, don't worry, sweetheart, I'm here. An accent is how one pronounces words, whereas a dialect refers to the pronunciation of words as well as the choice of words. For example, I might say something like, today is Tuesday, but someone else might say something like, today is Tuesday. And then we know we have a different accent. An accent is the difference between difference and difference. Job interview and job interview. Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh. A dialect is the difference between throw it in the trash can and throw it in the dustbin. Or aluminum and aluminium. In summary and in summation, if you say words and pronounce them, you have an accent and dialect and this podcast is for you. But... Why should we care about accents? According to my high school education, there are eight social identifiers. Race, class, ethnicity, religion, sexuality, ability, age, and gender. The way we talk is never included in the social identifier conversation. And I think it should be. A study done by Ami Shaw at Stockton University asked participants to judge the intelligence, authoritativeness, arrogance, honesty, pleasantness, and socioeconomic status of different accents on a scale of one to five. One being the lowest, or the least intelligent, the least authoritative, etc., and five being the most intelligent, most authoritative, and so on and so on. The data was wholly conclusive. The German accent was perceived as the most arrogant, but the least friendly, the least honest, and the least pleasant. The New York accent was both the least intelligent and was perceived to have the lowest socioeconomic status, whereas the English accent had the highest scores in both intelligence and socioeconomic status. The Southern accent, on the other hand, rated highest for pleasantness and friendliness. Looking at those results through a historical lens, it might make sense that we see Germans as untrustworthy or authoritative and British people as wealthy and intelligent. After all, we often correlate intelligence with wealth and British people were the colonizers. Throughout my education, Germans usually appear in lessons about World War II and Nazi Germany, so I can see why German accents are perceived as authoritative and untrustworthy. 
And based on media representations of New Yorkers, you know, hey, I'm walking here, it also makes sense that the New York accent was associated with lower levels of intelligence and wealth. Or could it be that we find German accents unpleasant simply because they rely more heavily on consonants as opposed to the open and elongated vowels of a British accent? This podcast is trying to figure out questions like that. Linguist Nicole Holiday has written a lot about linguistic profiling. In a particular study, she asked participants to say whether certain sound bites of voices belong to a black or a white speaker. Her data not only proves that accents do correlate to race as much as they correlate to geography, but her data also discusses the real consequences of having someone's racial identity be betrayable without imagery. According to a study done in July of 2021, her findings have, quote, broader consequences for linguistic profiling, which can have negative impacts on speakers' educational opportunities, economic prospects, as well as other types of interactions with government systems. Like any good lab report, she includes next steps, saying, teaching speakers and listeners, as well as communities, to recognize the linguistic variables that may affect their perception of certain voices may be an important first step towards mitigating the often unconscious effects of linguistic profiling. I'll let you digest that dense piece of information there. In other words, Professor Holliday is saying that linguistic profiling is often unconscious, but that it has dramatic effects. That linguistic profiling has negative effects on educational opportunities, economic prospects, as well as other types of interactions with government systems. Sound like any other social identifier to you? Race, class, ethnicity? Yeah. So if accents matter so much and can have such quantifiable effects, how do they develop and change? And why don't we just get rid of them? Well, accents develop through a number of factors. Immigration patterns, isolation, geography, historical trends, survival tactics, and on and on and on. All my research indicates that geographical isolation breeds distinctivity in an accent. When immigrants come to a region, there's something of an accent disruption. New England accents reflect the history of English settlers and their speech trends, whereas New York accents are sort of this amalgamation of Eastern European and Irish immigrants who came to New York and cultivated the accent that we now hear and recognize as the New York accent. Accents stay distinct through isolation or the absence of disruption. That's why the Bronx accent and the Brooklyn accent were distinct long ago because people didn't travel back and forth between those regions as much. But these days, eh, the Brooklyn accent, the Bronx accent, it's not as distinct as it used to be. Accents across the board are less distinct than they used to be. Most research points to social media and television as the cause of standardization of accents and dialects across the U.S. and around the world. But we all have an accent. While we are a highly segregated society, while rich white people live amongst rich white people and attend the same schools in the same districts, accents and dialects determined by race and class will persist and so will linguistic profiling. And I want to know what we can do to reduce negative linguistic profiling. I want to know why accents are a source of shame and a tool for ostracization. Should accents be associated with where we're from and who we've grown up around or what we look like and how much money we have? Should I have a so-called Northern California accent or should I have a quote unquote white socioeconomically privileged accent? This podcast is on a mission to discover answers to those questions 
and discover everything it can about accents and dialects and what they mean in this world. We'll be back next time. You've been listening to Tomato Tomato with Talia Sherman. Bye.